Welcome to another episode of Out There Rough, and today we have a special guest. I'll let I'll let you announce yourself here. I don't want to spoil anything. Well, it's been a while, but I'm finally back. What's it been? Four or five episodes? And it's uh, been a little bit. In the meantime, I've I've transferred host ship, I guess you'd say, to to Lenny here. So. Yeah, it's Nate here with We Know Fantasy. I'm finally back on the Out of the Rough podcast. It's been some time. Uh, previously, I've been working on my fantasy football draft guide. We finally had that released. 80 pages of in-depth analysis from player rankings to must-draft players, sleepers, you name it. We got you covered. So if you're interested in that, hit us up at We Know Fantasy on Twitter. Twitter is on Facebook. We'll get you a copy. That's just $10. But yeah, that's where I've been. I've been working on that every single night. I've been home from work, so... Yeah, it's uh, not much time for golf, but we're finally done with that, and we're here. We're here. It's a pleasure to have you back. We are missing Sean this week, so thankfully you well, were able uh, to join us. Every time I have, a, I have an absence, Sean seems to be the Debbie Downer about my return, and you seem to be, uh, you know, on, on the other end of that. So I'm glad, uh, you know, we ease, ease myself back in this podcast, and Sean's not here. No, I'm just kidding, Sean. We miss you. Yeah, hopefully he'll be back next week. Maybe we can have a full crew for our final event of the season. Well, I think next week we'll all be in the same town for the first time in probably, what, four years? Yeah, it's probably close to that, if not more. But, yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we'll have a nice special episode for our FedEx Cup final. We actually have which... a, a golf tournament planned. Where, well, Sean's not playing with us because he's too good for us. But yeah. we're playing the same tournament, yeah. so there's that. Maybe we'll get some uh, some live updates, or maybe we'll get a, a picture or something up on our on our Twitter page. Yeah, there we go. When we're uh, holding the championship uh, trophy, yeah, not Sean, not Sean, me and like, you. Uh, yeah, just not not Sean. He can he can join us that. afterwards. Yeah, yeah, that works. Yeah. <laughs> All right then. <laughs> we'll get into uh, our. Kind of recap, I guess, of the Northern Trust. Um, a very bittersweet victory for Tony Fino. Uh, someone who I have played a ton over probably the last four years. Um, I've enjoyed a lot of top ten finishes, top five finishes from Tony. Uh, top two kinda, finishes. Yeah, top two finishes as well. I uh, don't know when it was. Kind of somewhere around like the U.S. Open, I PJ Championship, I kind of gave up, and I just finally stopped playing a ton of Tony. And this week, of course, I threw some outright bets on John Rahm and Cam Smith. Um, I tried to hedge my Rahm bet with Cam Smith on Monday, since we were finished on a Monday this week. Did not bet on Tony. Didn't play him in any lineups. Actually talked crap about him last week on our show about how the driver is gone his approach game he's lost strokes in the last three tournaments so it only it only makes sense that tony would win this week and we would yeah, see you, it you hate to see it you hate tony to see it no victory but when john wrong kind of coming back to human this week you know he's still putting up video game numbers if you look at his strokes gained the last kind of 10 events here but not able to close out the win cam smith he, it was Monday. Cam was ready to go to the BMW. He was just like, let me put a couple balls OB here in the playoffs. I'm like, let's just get out of here. Um, 
So, uh, yeah, it's not good when you're putting balls into the Hudson Bay in the playoff. But anyways, I'm happy for Tony. Good to see oh my him. I can He's just he's jet lagged. You know, we're we're five days outside <laughs> of what he's used to. He's just trying to get to bed, honestly. Yeah, he probably was. You know, late start got delayed four hours. He, he knew he, he had already picked up a million dollar paycheck. He let us just get him off the <laughs> That's all you need. Let's go. <laughs> but this week we have the BMW championship. Um some interesting names here looking outside of our cut line. So our cut line this week will be the top 30. Uh, we have the top 70 golfers coming to play. Uh, looking at the guys who just barely made it in, Phil Mickelson with the missed cut makes it in at 70th. You have Harry Higgs, Ryan Palmer, Taylor Gooch, guys at the very bottom who are going to need a very good finish because they are little ways out of it. There's also a few interesting names outside of the top 30 who also need to make some moves. Looking at this, I was a little bit surprised to see, like, Keegan Bradley was someone who I thought was playing excellent this year. I know the last kind of month he hasn't been great, but he's 32nd. Uh, I was kind of surprised to see him there. Brian Harmon, who I was playing a lot earlier, had, like, a month of really good finishes where he was, like, top 10 every event. He's 39th. Sergio Garcia at 44th, Lee Westwood, Shane Lowry down there, 46, 47. And then the one that surprised me the most, Webb Simpson at 52nd. Jesus. Like, I would have never expected Webb Simpson at 52nd. But that's kind of where he's at. So he's going to need a very good finish this week to make it into the top 30. And the top 30 move on to play in the championship, play for the $15 million. Tony Fina with the win now leads the FedEx Cup season standings with John Rahm second, Cam Smith third. So those were your top three last week. And you just get so many points from these FedEx Cup events that you're going to vault way up to the top. Uh, So it's no surprise to see these guys here. And I mean, Rahm and Smith have been playing excellent for the most part of the entire year. Tony was hot earlier, kind of has faded, but with the big win gaining 2,000 points, last week no surprise to see him jump up and i believe it puts him into um a lock for the rider cup so i think this is the last week that you can earn rider cup points and so guys like spieth i think got bumped out harris english is right there on the cusp of it and patrick reed which i guess we should go ahead and say patrick reed as far as we know won't be playing this week in the hospital with pneumonia so hopefully he gets better yeah, we got the Ryder Cup. We got FedEx up for for uh, for dibs. It's it's just a lot of good golf going on. We have what this week and the next week's the final for the FedEx Cup. Like you said, fifteen million dollars paycheck on the line. Uh, we you know we finished up our majors. What was it? Seven, eight weeks ago. We still got a lot of uh, yeah, a good golf here because of what the implications have for us. And like you said, represent your country there for the Ryder Cup, or or I guess your continent if you're on the European side. But, uh, yeah, we have a lot of money in play here. And, you know, this is a, a, a good tournament towards the end. What is this, the last tournament before the end of the season? So, yeah, a lot of good golf here. Just before we get into the actual tournament events, Sean isn't here to give us a recap of his lineup. I'll uh, quick go through mine. We kind of skipped that earlier. But 
my five guys that I had last week, John Rahm, of course, finished third. Abe Answer kind of surprised me. Had a rough opening and closing round. Finished T64. Harry English, T31. I played all three of those guys who were uh, paired up in the same grouping for Thursday, Friday, hoping they could feed off each other. And uh, a good finish from a guy, Kevin Na. Talked about last week. I'm rooting for him to make the Ryder Cup. And uh, T8's going to help him out. Sam Ryder, I went with the bottom of the barrel, went with a 6,000 guy, misses the cut on the number. Just, I need some guys to fall on Friday, and my lineups could have been much better. But it is what it is. You know, we'll move on this week. At least there's no cut line this week. We have the top 60 guys, all or 69 guys, not including Patrick Reed. Um, which would make the 70th. So it looks like he'll fall out of the top 30. Uh, the top 30 will move on to play in the Tour Championship, like we said. It's not the top 30 based on how you finish in the tournament, but the top 30 in FedEx Cup points. The BMW Championship will be played at Caves Valley Golf Club in Owings Mills, Maryland. Maryland. There, uh, uh, there's not a lot of history kind of with this golf course. The BMW Championship is one of the tournaments uh, that kind of bounces around from place to place. That's a sick in one spot for too long. So this is somewhere that the PGA Tour actually has never played before. If you're someone who's like really trying to figure out some guys with some course history, trying to dig into some things. In 2005, the NCAA Championships were here, which that unbelievable Georgia team won. To hear kind of get talked about a lot when you're watching PGA. You know, with Kisner, Brendan Todd, Chris Kirk, uh, or somebody else, I'm forgetting. But, you know, all those guys around that in the 2005-2006 rookie season, I should say, on the PGA Tour, or the, uh, what was it, Web.com Tour back then, might be guys to look at if you really wanted to look into it. That in the 2007 Palmer Cup. Some guys that played in that, DJ, Billy Horschel, Brian Harmon, Webb Simpson, Chris Kirk again, Luke List. Chris Kirk might be a guy to look at, I guess. He's played here a few times. Same with um, Jordan Spieth. I've uh, heard a few things about Jordan Spieth. has played here a lot because of his association with Under Armour. But anyways, I'm saying all of that, and then I'm also going to say I don't care about any of that stuff. That was 2005, 2007. All of these guys were amateurs. The course has changed. It's been renovated since then. Are you going to take any consideration into that, Nate? No, not at all. Uh, as you guys know, I'm a statistics-based, uh, <laughs> I guess, sports gambler, I should say. So, I mean, you mentioned a guy that I have in my top five here that I will be talking about later in this episode, but... You know, there was zero consideration of me looking back to, what was it, 16 to 15 years ago about yeah, it, about uh, results back then? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to take into any consideration at all. It, those are just more kind of fun facts, I guess, for me if I'm looking at it. But the actual course is going to be a par 72, 7,500 yards. So it is on the longer side. Uh, 5,200 square foot greens, it's pretty much close to tour average. It might be slightly smaller, but it's not anything to really consider too much. I'm not going to really worry about, you know, some of the 
the putting stats or necessarily like greens and regulation stats due to the greens, but they are bent grass greens. If you watch the tournament this past week on Monday, these will be rolling at a 12 and a half is what they're trying to get on the stint meter, not an 11 and a half, which was mentioned every hour of the golf tournament last week. <laughs> I, 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 was, I, I was expecting them to have a Ryder Cup, you know, mentioned every hour, but it was like every time they're showing someone putt and they're like, they left it short. Uh, well, they're only 11 and a half today. It's like, all right, guys, we get it. We get it. All right, they're slower. The course is wet. But these will be a 12 and a half, so slightly quicker. Hey, NBC, um, if you need us to commentate a, uh, <laughs> a major or a, any any PGA Tour, the We Know Fantasy or the Out of the Ref crew has you covered. Hit us up. Hit us up on social media. Yeah, I mean, NBC sometimes struggles with their coverage. I didn't <laughs> think this week was great, but we won't go down that hole. And a thing that I saw a quote from Webb Simpson was it has fairly wide landing areas, but it's a very hilly golf course. I, I'm i guessing this is from when he played back in like the 07 Palmer Cup because they have made changes. It's an original Fazio design. And originally it looks like it did have a lot of wide landing areas, but when I was kind of looking at a course preview and looking on, it was on their website that I was looking at, at it hole by hole. It does look like it's definitely been narrowed, and that doesn't – I wouldn't say it has wide landing areas, but it. I think it'd be a really good match play course because there is a lot of risk-reward holes. All the a lot par of sand. Fives, yes, a lot of sand. A lot of the par fives seem to be reachable, but like you just mentioned, they do have, you know, the, the kind of gateway bunkers on a lot of holes where – on the left and right going into the greens on each side that there is bunkers, a lot of bunkers around the landing areas, but boy, I think there's maybe two drivable par fours based off how the course looks. I don't think the majority of guys you'll see go for it. Like we saw this past week. I don't think they're as easily accessible as you might think when you just see it's like three forty on the scorecard. Because guys won't have the opportunity to run the ball up necessarily because they're kind of blocked off by bunkers or they have to carry water. But some of the bombers might be going for it. You might see some of the guys who, you know, need to make a run on Saturday go for it. It's a no-cut event. So, like, if, you know, you're never really out of it, even if you have a bad first or second round. You know, some guys could easily make some great runs. So it'll be fun to see. But another thing, if you're looking at some yardages, all the par threes could be playing over 200 yards. They they have them set at around 220 and then one's at like a 190, but they can move that tee back to be over 200. Some stat you might want to look into. Um, if you're trying to find some guys, you're trying to pick between a couple guys, something you might want to look at. I do think the course will play fairly easy. But it's a course we haven't seen before. It's something we don't really know. So who knows? It, it could favor the Bombers because it's a longer course. It could end up playing pretty easy, and it could just be a putt-off between guys. It'll be interesting to see. But, Nate, anything else you want to add? No, you know, I kind of threw in my tidbits there as you went along. A lot of hazards, sand, and in in, in play. Statistics to look forward to, of course, strokes gain approach is every course, but we have proximity, 
Uh, what was it? Proximity par four efficiency four fifty five hundred. As you mentioned there, the par fours are reachable uh, on the driver. You know, sand saves is something to look forward to. As we mentioned, with the uh, lot of sand in the way, and uh, yeah, proximity two hundred two fifty as well with some of those par threes and the par fours. So yeah, not much to go. You know, deviate away from what we'd normally see at a, at a tournament of this of this sort, but. Yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, kind of standard, I guess you'd say. But we'll see how it plays out this week. Yeah, definitely. When kind of like I mentioned during the Olympics, whenever it's a course that I don't know very well or I'm not sure who it's going to favor, I tend to look at just all around good, solid guys um, that don't have a lot of weaknesses in their game, not necessarily specialists. So it's kind of how I'm going to play it this week, but. Like we said, could favor bombers, could favor putters, could favor anyone. It'll be tough to see. Anyways, we will get into the actual DFS lineups here. We have a a big number up top of John Rahm at 11-7. Drops all the way down to 11-1 at Xander Schauffele. Warren Spieth at 10-8, JT 10-6, DJ 10-4, Brooks Kepka 10-2, and Colin Morikawa at 10,000. And Nate, who is your man in this range? Well, you you know who it is. It, it's Morikawa at ten grand. That is a that is a you know value if I've ever seen one. <laughs> you know, it's it's been a month or plus since I've been on this podcast, but you know, it, my my love for Morikawa has not has not diminished over that same month. He is you know like you said a a, a I don't know how to phrase this, but like you said. A, a uh, great golfer, no specialist, just plays the game well. That's Morikawa, still the best on the tour in strokes and approach. He's up there uh, and everything else. He just is a fantastic golfer. And every course you go to, you can't count him out just because a great ball striker. Um, you know, as, as I said, my um, upon my return here, I have to mention Morikawa. I'm not sure what you guys mentioned of him in my absence, but I need to make sure I'm bringing him to the limelight here, even though I don't need to bring him on the limelight because, you know, over his last seven tournaments, he's his worst finish is T26. And outside of that finish, his worst one was T14. He's had, uh, you know, a, a, yeah. bunch of, a bunch of seconds. He did miss T4s. the this past week. Well, we're not going to talk about that. I'm talking <laughs> about from prior to that, tops the seven beyond that. You know, he, he of course... Of course, won the Open, placed well at the, what was it, T8, the PGA, T4, the U.S. and the Olympics, just playing some great golf. And at 10 grand, you can't go wrong with that value. I just don't understand what the, what the you know, matchmakers are doing here with 10 grand from Morikawa because think, that's such a great value. I think it's just due to the injury. It's got to be. Has, it's got to be something. the back injury. Um, I... He is someone I'm avoiding this week. I can tell you that. that he's like you said, he's great with the approach, great with the irons. But since his injury, he's gotten worse in all four scoring categories in three consecutive weeks, and that scares me. That maybe I mean, because we heard nothing about this injury until just randomly, Dotty Pepper was like, "Oh, hey, I just uh, was talking to." someone from Colmar Cow's camp, and uh, he has a back injury, apparently, that happened uh, in the Olympics. It was just like, um, where, where, was, where was this two weeks ago when I played him? 
where it was this last week. Like, yeah, it just kind of appeared out of nowhere. Yeah, he still played well at the Olympics, um, lost in the playoff with a just unfortunate uh, bunker shot. But since then, he's gotten worse in each tournament, and that just scares me. Yeah, I feel it's only been, what, one or two tournaments since then? Yeah, it's it's been two since then. But and he missed a cut, and then he also, was two points. Also, it's the, the late withdrawal kind of worry that he doesn't need this there is that. tournament. There is that. The, I mean, because he's sitting, he's sitting sixth. Like, he's not going to drop out of the top 30. Like, it, if it ends up being a thing where he's like, if I fall down to 15th, I have a better chance of winning because I took a week off, might be healthier. I don't know. I think it's a really good kind of just pivot off of some of these top guys who I think are going to be more popular, especially with the smaller field. It could turn out to be a brilliant pick uh, if he you know, gets back, turns things around. Just I don't think many people are going to want to own him, but it's just there's too many question marks for me is all. Yeah, but we're going here ten grand. I I, I can't. I cannot not do it. <laughs> I, I I tried I to not make myself not do it. <laughs> I understand where you're coming from. <laughs> I talked about last week how Tony Finau's finally his price has dropped to a range where I feel like I have to play him, and I didn't. And I basically talked the same <laughs> thing that you're doing. For me, like the, I'll say the obligatory John Rom pick, like best golfer in the world right now i mean his last five finishes if you don't count the withdrawal from the memorial it's a third third first first and an eighth you count it as a win um he's at 10 7 the most expensive golfer i i won't pick him i'll go a little bit off the board and not go another john rom week again here and i'll go with jt he's at 10 6 so i mean i'm saving over a thousand by not picking around and playing with jt but he's gained in three straight off the tee and approach like he said he's got his baby back he gained strokes putting last week which has been a rare sight for jt uh, i think he's been playing well pretty solid all-around game i i feel very comfortable and safe picking him and he, it, just outside of John Rahm, I just think he's kind of the safest option where if I'm putting like a, a top five bet on one of these guys, like I think he's the one I would lock in. And that's just yeah, kind of how I'm looking at it. You mentioned the $1,000 savings between Rom to JT. I mean, that's the difference of playing some no-name. I want to say no-name because everyone on this on this list here has a potential, but you're playing that or you can be playing some like a, a Bradley or a Coke rock or a Henley, just, just mm-hmm. Lowry even. It's just a, a difference between the scale between the thousand dollar savings. There it's just astronomical. Yeah, that's yeah. It, it can definitely change things. If you're going to be, that's a problem with Ron is you're kind of forced into playing a low six K guy, which hey, it could work. It could pay off, uh, but it's tough to hit on those guys. But yeah, I think JT is just a safe pick. I just like the way he looked this week, and he's been ball striking the crap out of the ball. So, yeah, I just feel very confident and safe in him. Yeah, he's kind we'll of move behind, on. The, you know, not really in the limelight, just kind of just playing some great golf, just kind of floating by, just in, in the back, in the shadows, I guess you'd say, just 
you know, still one of the best golfers in the world when it comes down to it, but just not really, yeah. you know, being being covered as one of the best golfers in the world. Yeah, definitely. We'll move on to our 9K range here, Nate. Who are you looking at? Who are we playing? I'm going with your boy, Louis Ostasian. You know, I'm going to stack him a lot with Morikawa if Morikawa does play this week at, uh, what is he, a 9-6, I think. They're just, uh, you know, he hasn't missed a cut in nine events. And in those nine events, he's had four top threes in the same time span. He's finished second four times in those nine events. Like a phenol, you know, when we first started this podcast, Tony was, you know, finishing second left and right and just not winning tournaments. And finally last week, I know it's, it's, it's been, what, 27, 28 episodes by the time he did win a tournament. I'm just hoping it comes a little bit qu- uh, quicker for Louie here. Hoping for a win this week, but yeah, he's 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 hot. He's very hot. He's just playing great golf. Top fives left and right. He's best on the tour in par four efficiency, four fifty to five hundred yards. He's also fourth in approaches from two hundred to two twenty-five. You know, like I said, just stacking him with Morikawa if possible with a ten k and nine six is is ideal in my opinion. Like you said, we'll see if Morikawa actually plays this week. We'll see if it's a late withdrawal, but. Yeah, Louie, I, 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 like another another time, I'm scrolling through my scrolling through my DFS just trying to find some players, and it stuck out to me just how to play them. Yeah, I think uh, Tony Fino might be, end up being one of the lowest owned guys here because it's just so rare to see, one win, see someone win back-to-back. But I think your Morikawa-Louie-Ustazen combo would be the lowest owned guys in both of these ranges because they both have injury questions, which... It it could turn out great because they're low owned, and in a short field you can gain a ton of points on people. But it just it worries me that it worries me with that combo. Yeah, but if I if I'm playing DFS, you know I I'm I'm not one to you know enter one of those twenty five to thirty dollar tournaments. I'm entering one of those like one to five dollar tournaments where there's thirty to fifty thousand players. So I, I have to set myself apart from everyone yeah. else. Oh yeah, if you're if you're going in a big pool like that you're going to need some kind of just picks that you just don't think people are going to be playing in order if you're going to win if you're just trying to make money you can play it safe have a good shot at it but yeah if you're if you're trying to actually place in those you need to have you I'll need that low back so we'll just go for the win here why not for me this is, it's kind of like your, your Morikawa play here, and it's Bryson DeChambeau at 9-3. Jesus, just, why is he, it's, it's crazy been, from where we started this podcast to where we're at now at 9-3. It, it, like, there's a lot of guys, like, I really like Cam Smith at 9-5, playing great. I really like Victor Hovland, like. Victor Hovland's ball striking has been so good. He hasn't lost in eight straight, like lost strokes in eight straight tournaments with his ball striking. It's off the tee and approach. And then Cam Smith, he's gained in all four categories, back-to-back tournaments. But it's the win equity you can get with Bryson DeChambeau and him being at 9-3 is just kind of unbelievable. Like, I'm not a huge Bryson guy. He's not someone I play often, but at 9-3, I feel like that's a bit of a bargain for him. And one thing that kind of, people see Bryson, he bombs the ball, and he's a decent putter, but he has gained on approach in his last two tournaments, 
which isn't necessarily a very Bryson-like thing to do. He's normally, you know, just a bomb and gouge guy, but the Irons have been pretty solid lately. They haven't really resulted in great finishes, which I guess is why he's kind of down to the 9-3. Is kind of like JT a little bit. He's, I will not really, because Bryson's constantly in the limelight for everything that he does. But his on-the-course kind of results haven't been, like, fantastic, but he's still an unbelievable golfer. Yeah, like I said, even if he's struggling injured, 9-3 just seems so low for DeChambeau. I don't understand that. Yeah. I, I mean, like I just, you said, you referenced JT here. JT was struggling a lot. Like I said, not really a limelight. I won't say struggling, but he was still always over ten grand for but, every tournament. But, yeah, and JT is coming off like a – top 10 finish this past week like he still had an excellent week like Brayson didn't have a fantastic week by any standards but for him to now be dropping all the way to 9-3 seems a bit crazy to me yeah the value is great there all right we'll move on to the 8k guys Nate who are you looking at I'm gonna go Sung JM here at 8,000 exact I have my stack up there a little expensive on the stack with uh, what was it 8-6 and a 10 grand or 9-6 and 10 grand but M's another golfer who's hot right now. He's made eight straight cuts with one top 10, a top 20 in those time frame. He's 25th on the tour in par, four efficiency, 450 to 500, 15th in sand saves. We mentioned that in the introduction about, you know, a lot of hazards here on this course. He's great out of the sand. Uh, approaches from 200 to 225. He's 10th. And, you know, great value here at eight grand. I'm going to the bottom of the price range here. Uh, he's not someone that jumps off the page at you as a top 10, top five finisher each week. He's a consistent golfer who plays the game with great ball striking, does everything. Like you said, he doesn't do one thing extremely well. He does everything well. So, uh, you know, we hope for him for a top 20, top 10 here at the eight grand finish, but, or the eight grand price range. I just, I just love what this course, uh, you know, means, not means to him, but, uh, how his game reflects onto this course. So hoping this eight grand price range really pays off for me. He is someone I have on my short list that I really like. Um, he was super hot with the putter earlier in the year, and that was getting him the finishes. But now he's kind of back to the golf that we first saw when he was a rookie on tour, where he's been an excellent ball striker. And he's gained strokes three straight off the tee and approach, which is – kind of a change for what we saw for about the two months prior. Yeah, he was if awful. He gets a, yeah, if he gets a solid kind of just – if he's just tour average putter, if, you know, a little bit better, I, like I feel like he's almost like chalked in for a top 25 finish, which I, I like him a lot. For me, though, this week, not a – Guy, I, like I said, guys are great all-around games, and now I'm about to say this guy. Corey Connors, not good around the greens, um, but it's off the tee, and the approach is so good that over four days, I just feel like he's going to give himself so many opportunities to get birdies and eagles that some of them have to fall. Like I'm just kind of gambling on the putter this week that the putter's – Hot. He's had some decent finishes as of late, 
nothing fantastic like we saw that run when everyone thought he was going to like win the Masters there and he was just reeling off top tens for like four straight weeks or something. But he's down to 8-6 now. But I mean, the ball striking's return to what it used to be, numbers similar to then. And it's just, I, I have to take, I feel like I have to take the gamble that he just makes some putts this week. Oh, I feel you. You know, half, you know, the putting and around the green, like you said, is not there for Connors. But, you know, half the battle is getting there and he gets there in a yeah. hurry, you know, plays the ball extremely well to that point. He, he has to get some stuff to fall once in a while. This may be the week he gets it done, you know, in this unknown golf course where we haven't seen much of uh, anything since, what you say, 2007 uh, in, in terms of professional events. So a lot of mystery going in here this week. So if he gets the ball just to the green, around the green, gets a few putts to drop or a few chips really in place, could have yourself yeah, uh, it's, a great pick there. It's Yeah, it's kind of part of it is the unknown a little bit that – Right. If it plays to more of the bombers, he's long off the tee. If it plays, you know, where you have to be accurate, he's very accurate off the tee. He he can kind of fit a few different molds where he fits, you know, those really accurate ball strikers. But he he also can not necessarily bomb the ball, but he, he hits it pretty freaking far. But we'll move down to the 7K range now, Nate. Interesting names here. Who are we thinking? All right, this is probably someone I'm I'm most excited about. I'm going Maverick McNeely here. I absolutely love this pick. He's missed the cut uh, two weeks ago at the Bar uh, well Barracuda Championship, but outside of that, he's made six of the seven cuts. His most recent event was T27 the Northern Trust. Beyond that, he the worst finish beyond that was a T30. He finished top 20 in four of those events and 21st in the fifth. So of those five events, he's been top 21 in those events. Uh, just someone who's who's hot, playing some great golf, and really got himself into this tournament because of his last, you know, seven or eight tournaments, uh, just propelling himself into this. So seven grand, bottom of the price range. Absolutely love Neil this week. I'm playing him in a lot of lineups. He's down there in 53rd in the FedEx Cup ring, so he, he needs a good finish to make it next week, which is possible. We did see a lot of very big movers, like Tom Hoagie going from 108th to 48th. So if he can have you know that T4 finish like Tom Hoagie, he, we'll be seeing him next week. But I feel like for some of these guys, making it to the FedEx Cup championship, the final, is equal to a PGA Tour win. Like Just getting there to that final 30, it's it's got to feel like a win, and it's got to. I mean, the pay is basically like some of the wins, if not better. Yeah. And I feel like this is this is one of the guys where for him, if he can get himself there, like it's gonna feel like a win. Like that's he's really gonna be, you know. I I don't want to yeah. say, you know, fighting harder, wanting it more, but I kind of am because I ninety percent of these guys want to win this tournament just as bad as the other. But yeah, you young. Know, L25, just, you know, kind of make, trying to make the imprint on his career thus far and just qualifying for that last tournament would be a big deal for him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's a narrative you can look at and play if you're trying to decipher between some guys. I don't think he's a bad pick. He's definitely a solid player. For me, though, we had you with the return, going with Morikawa, a name that – I think you've played him a few times. I've played him a few times. I'm pretty sure Sean's played him a few times. 
He hasn't played in over a month, but he made his return last week, played well with a T11 at 7,700. Keegan Bradley. Of course. Just, a, just like right in the mold of Corey Connors, you know, just going with the ball strikers. Not necessarily great. Looking at kind of my lineup, I actually haven't picked many great all-around players, but just like JT's been playing lately, just like Corey Connors has been playing lately, Keegan Bradley, always solid off the tee, solid approach, one of the best ball strikers on tour, very accurate, very long. The last week, he gained around the green, gained with the putter, which is a rare sighting for Keegan Bradley. And earlier in the year, we saw him go on a nice run of like four or five straight tournaments it was, where he was gaining with the putter, having great finishes. I'm hoping he can stay hot with it. Um, I am gambling on a few guys' putters this week, but I just feel like, you know, Keegan Bradley, he said in, in an interview that, you know, he was tired. He needed just a mental break. He needed to get away from the course and just refresh, rejuvenated to come back. And I'm kind of just buying into that narrative with Keegan Bradley right now. Yeah, when we first heard this podcast, we for for a month or two there, we uh, had that joke going on that you know there's a lot of things consistent in this world that you know taxes and death and Keegan Bradley making the cut. So you know when we expect uh, Keegan Bradley to show up to a course, we expect him to be playing into the weekend. Of course, this weekend or this week, no cut to be made, but we know Keegan Bradley really hang around the middle of the pack. He's really low down there, which is a 7 6 for the price range of him. Yep. Just 7 7. 7 7. So we're right there. Just, you know, like you said, just, just getting around the court, uh, around, the, around the green, hoping for a few things to fall in his favor. If they do, you know, this guy could be competing for a win this week. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I also have to give a shout out to Kevin Na, who as at seven six, and man, I want to make want to make the Ryder Cup. I think he might be able to get himself in contention. Don't think the course fits him very well, but I think it'd just be fun to see him play in a Ryder Cup. Anyways, let's move on to the six K range. The uh, the guys down here who I think all of these guys pretty much need to make a run this week to be playing next week. Who are you looking at, Nate? Well, I kind of alluded to this earlier. You mentioned a uh, a golfer here in your introduction that I then made a reference to talking about later in this podcast, and that's Chris Kirk here at six three. Uh, he's made two straight cuts at the Wyndham and the Northern Trust T twenty nine T fifty six respectively. But it's not really those I'm looking for, I'm looking at here. It's 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 beyond the statistical rankings for this course are are, are great. He's seventh in par for efficiency four fifty five hundred. 55th in strokes gain approach, T53 in approaches from 200 to 225. A 6.3, that price range is great. Playing some good golf as of late. And just like you're, you know, we don't have the cut mark here to really give us a boost this week. So we're hoping for these lower guys to hit the halfway mark of the of the uh, tournament and get themselves into a top 30, top 25, just to really, you know, boost us up those rankings when we're playing and these deeper tournaments, and I think Chris Kirk really has it in his, in his uh, I guess you'd say, in his bag this week. Chris Kirk is a man who I I love to root for. He has a pretty crazy story and life story that you can look up if you want to and look into him. So I'm always all for picking Chris Kirk and seeing him do well. For me, I am going with a guy, similar price range, with Taylor Gooch. He's at 6'2", and 
Man, another fall from grace, right? <laughs> he uh, he's just kind of a I don't want to say a short game guy or short necessarily, but he's decent around the greens, a decent putter. But it's his approach has been unbelievable. Last five, he's been gaining a ton on approach. Uh, I think you know it's just something that's going to play everywhere. It. Just hopefully he can sort the driver out. He's sitting 67, so he needs a big week to move on. Um, but, I mean, this 6K range is so tough because this is almost like a WGC event. So I almost look at it as who are guys that could, like, perform in a WGC because it's similar field size, similar quality players, and it's tough picking but I do like some of these 6K guys with KH Lee and Hudson Swafford, who I might consider. But I do like Taylor Gooch this week at 6 2. Yeah, great value there. You know, Gooch is someone we've, I don't know, I myself have played a lot this year. He was up in the sevens to the eights, even this this uh, year in the price ranges. So seeing here at 6 2 is, is kind of a slap in the face, but, you know, great value there that he played this week. Yeah. This week, we will not have a strokes gain PTC. Tough in the small field events to find a good quality guy here um, to pick for it. Also, just this course is way too exclusive. Short and where, speed where, to the where guys. is this located? Uh, it's just outside of Baltimore. Okay. Yeah, just I'm familiar with Maryland a lot. My, my aunt and stuff lives down there, and I visit there a lot. So I was just wondering, but. Yeah, there is uh, a great golfer from the Maryland area. It uh, well, it's a super exclusive private golf course. If you uh have a spare like a hundred and fifty thousand dollars to apply and pay for the the uh, initiation fee, I'm sure it's a it's great not- course to play. If uh, someone wants to pay that for me, I will talk amazing, great things about your golf course and tell everyone how great it is. And I'd love to come so, hit yeah. a one. On your course? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll get into the one and done then. Maybe we'll, uh, we'll see a probably return of the Strokes game PTC at the start of next season. But the one and done, nobody really had a great week last week. Not. The keeper of the one and done isn't here. Unfortunately, we don't have Sean for our full up-to-date stats. And he is away where he cannot send us them. But I think he has it wrapped up. Like, I think it's in the bag. I'm yeah, pretty sure he's got us He's got us beat by about $2 million. Yeah, he really jumped out to a quick lead to that. And we just have not been able to catch him since. You know, he gave us every opportunity for the last 20 weeks to catch him. And we just never did it. <laughs> yeah, him and I have been uh, talking on here about this. And since you're not here, I'll I'll uh, read off some of these stats for you. So, John Rom, Joaquin Neiman, Jordan Spieth, Charlie Hoffman, Sean picked those guys. None of them actually won the tournament. All made more money than when I picked Seamus Power, and he actually won a tournament. Of course, so that's just that's just how it's gone with the one and done. Um, but I'll let you go first with your one and done pick. All right. Yeah. Like you said, we have two weeks left here and it's locked for Sean to pretty much win this and barring some unforeseen circumstances that one of us pulls out an amazing 
final two weeks of the season. We'll we'll restart after the end of the season here. But I think me and you we're only about 100k apart. So you know, second and third is kind of a of a, a tight battle yeah. here. I think yeah, I got to really by a little bit, or I'm not sure how it how it is at this I point. I think I took the lead from you. Um, the FedEx St. Jude DJ had a decent finish. And so it was like three weeks ago, two weeks ago, but yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go with my boy Louie this week. Hopefully he doesn't pull out and I have to make a last minute, you know, decision because those never turn out well for us when we have to do that. So I'm hoping he plays some good golf this week, actually gets in the tournament and, and makes a run for it. But I love his game this week, how it fits his course. And hopefully he's there this week. Yeah, for me, you have to play Scotty Scheffler. He is a guy I have bet on quite frequently and played a lot, and I just haven't used him yet this year, and I feel like it's a good spot for him. So I'm going Scotty Scheffler, and Sean is going to have Xander Schauffele this week, which, like we said, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> yeah, you know, this one and done, I played really conservative to begin the season, you know, saving the big dogs for the end of the season. I kind of just ran out of time, so. You know, next season will be a little more uh, competitive. Hopefully, we have a, a each have a um, strategy in place, and we're not just jumping into things as we did this year. But yeah, hope looking forward to next year for this for this little uh, tournament we have between us three. Yeah, definitely. Well, that has been out of the rough with special guest Nate today. Hopefully, uh, we can have a few more Nate episodes coming up. Always enjoy. Uh, hosting it with Nate and maybe we can get Sean to make a reappearance and he doesn't disappear for two months like uh, some people have but well you know fans cooking up here and you know I got this brand we call we know fantasy to keep a hold of and that's kind of our bread and butter so yeah hopefully uh, things about to kick off here and I got a lot of articles and podcasts to kick out each week so hopefully there isn't another month or two month absence between my next appearance but hoping to be a regular on this podcast moving forward yeah, definitely. Always glad to have you. But that has been Out of the Rough. Remember, as Nate said, check out all of our stuff on We Know Fantasy. Go follow us on social media, Out of the Rough WK. And enjoy the FedEx Cup playoffs, guys.